This week's show is sponsored by ManCrates.com. Very simple sell for you. You're having a hard time coming up with a Father's Day gift for a significant other, for your dad, for your husband, for yourself that you got to put on a list. Go to ManCrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, ManCrates.com slash Eric. You will find something for everyone there who's a guy. And they come in these big wooden crates with a crowbar that you got to open. They're awesome. From bar sets to knife sets to beer brewing sets to whiskey appreciation sets to hunting gifts to sports. Go to mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It is 9 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Um, I, let me just read you a quote from the Masterpiece Cake Shop uh, case today to kind of set the, the tone for this discussion. This is from Justice Kennedy. The outcome of cases like this in other circumstances must await further elaboration in the courts, all in the context of recognizing that these disputes must be resolved with tolerance, without undue disrespect to sincere religious beliefs, and without subjecting gay persons to indignities when they seek goods and services in an open market. The judgment of the Colorado Court of Appeals is reversed. Without undue disrespect... Without undue disrespect. So you're allowed to disrespect religion, just not unduly. In other words, you can't compare Christians to Nazis, which is what happened in this case. Uh, but otherwise, you can disrespect religion. Um, and, and that's part of the problem with this case. Now, this is a win. Let's, let's, not, let's not dismiss that. This is a win for religious liberty. Jack Phillips, the cake baker, the media has badly distorted the facts of this case over the last several years. Uh, Phillips was actually willing to bake for this couple. He was willing to provide other baked goods for their ceremony, just not the wedding cake. He did not want a, a cake with uh, two guys on top of it for the wedding topper uh, to be by his hand. He felt his talents for cake decoration, he's, he's massively famous uh, uh, in certain circles for decorating cakes, and he thought he believes his talents came from God and he couldn't dishonor God by doing this. Um, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission literally compared him to a Nazi, saying this was what the Nazis did in the Holocaust. I'm not making that up. That's actually in the court record. Anthony Kennedy quotes that. They were savagely hostile to Jack Phillips. Uh, and that is what Anthony Kennedy, say what you will about his jurisprudence, but there are two things that you need to know about Anthony Kennedy. One is he doesn't like bullies. And two, he likes to engage in a jurisprudence that makes him the center of the universe. And that's what this case does. Uh, he essentially even says, and the other justices writing call him out on this, that he has set this up so that everybody's case is going to come to the Supreme Court now um, for, for deciding whether or not this goes too far or not. And Kennedy has made it very clear in his decision that you can be disrespectful of religion. He just can't be overly disrespectful. Three times in his opinion, he noted that no one had ever uh, repudiated the bigoted comments made by the Colorado Civil Rights Commission members. No one objected at the time. 
no one renounced at the trial court level, and no one in arguments before the Supreme Court had rejected it. In other words, if all you did was say, well, we didn't really mean this, it was the, the, the heat of the moment, we didn't really mean it, we didn't really act on it, then Anthony Kennedy would have sided with Colorado, not with Jack Phillips. Um, it, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, well, it, it, blame Chief Justice Roberts. He clearly went with a more limited decision uh, by giving it to Kennedy than uh, by a more expansive decision by giving it to Gorsuch. No, by my reading of it, uh, Anthony Kennedy was willing to side with the liberals on the Supreme Court for the state of Colorado, uh, except for the very nuanced issue of bullying a religious person. And so that's why there is a win here. This is a win. And it seems very clear that the more an, as an artist, a baker or anyone, puts into the design and expression of a baked good, of a quilt, of you name it, um, that there is more a free speech issue. Now, that's dicta. That means that's, that's not really what the case is based on, although that's clear the court believes this. Uh, what the court does believe, however, is that if you are going to force someone to comply with a law that should be neutral in application, you cannot have uh, obvious religious hostility enforcing compliance. And the state of Colorado had obvious religious hostility. They weren't willing to even treat his argument as valid. In fact, Anthony Kennedy uh, blasts the Colorado Civil Rights Commission for accusing uh, Jack Phillips of not really believing what he said. He was just using it for rhetoric. And uh, Kennedy says that you can't actually say that because you're presuming that person's motives and you have nothing to corroborate that other than your own hostility. So Jack Phillips wins at the Supreme Court. Most people, including at the Alliance Defending Freedom, weren't necessarily sure he would. And it's a big win today uh, for Christians in America and other people of faith. Now, let me go on and, and take some calls on this uh, case, Masterpiece. I, I have read the decision. I have read the concurrences. I have read the dissent. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. David in Conyers, you're up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, I wanted to ask you, when this issue first came out, I don't think the left, or I don't think these individuals actually wanted a cake from that individual. When they found out that he wasn't willing to do it because of the religious beliefs, they wanted a decision that said he had to do it. Yeah, David. Uh, I'm sure there so, were plenty of other bakers out there that would have done it. And In fact, there's the one right across the street from Masterpiece yeah. Cake Shop. You mentioned the phrase open market, which I think this decision brought some more openness into the marketplace and not a forced, you know, government run market. Well, you would like to, to believe that. But what, what Kennedy essentially is saying that you can force a Christian to bake a cake in this country as long as uh, you're not doing it with explicit on Twitter, your social media or in in public record hostility towards religion. Uh, what really pushed Kennedy to be with the Christian Baker in this case was that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission members were openly critical of Christianity uh, and had more than one of them had gone on record saying that they thought Christians were bigots, uh, including in the public hearings, but also on their social media feeds and elsewhere. They had a lot of hostile statements. Now, to your point, though. Um, there was a lot of evidence. I actually wrote a book on this issue called You Will Be Made to Care. And there actually is ample evidence that Jack Phillips the baker was specifically targeted for his Christian beliefs. Jack Phillips was well known in this area, and Kennedy draws some of this out in his decision. Jack Phillips was well known for being a Christian 
in this area. Uh, he was well known for believing that God had inspired his talents or given him his talents. He was well known for refusing to bake goods for Halloween. He, was, he refused to bake cakes for remarried couples who had not, in, in the case of the Catholic Church, uh, gotten permission um, from their local diocese. He had refused to bake cakes for second marriages in Protestant, uh, in Protestant services unless uh, they could show that they had been counseled. He was very, very serious with his cake baking, believing it was to honor God. So if you're divorced, you're not getting a cake for your second marriage. It wasn't just gay people. Um, he wouldn't make a cake for a, a celebration of a, a lesbian couple, um, but he was willing to provide other baked goods for this wedding. Um, he wouldn't bake. There's he, the Anthony Kennedy went through a whole list of things he wouldn't bake cakes for. Uh, a lot of holidays uh, and a lot of other things that he found offensive. He also wouldn't bake cakes for people who uh, wanted uh, disparaging things about black people. He wouldn't make cakes for people who wanted disparaging things about gay people. Think about that one for a minute. Uh, he was very, I mean, it, you, you got to read the decision for yourself. Jack Phillips is an um, extraordinary man, and the media has um, misreported on him so much. Uh, he was willing to bake for this couple. In fact, Jack Phillips was willing to give this couple a wedding cake. He just wasn't willing to customize it in the way they wanted with the same-sex couple on top of things like that. He, he makes cakes for people because one of the things that Jack Phillips believes is that um, people need to get married. And he wants to encourage marriage. And so he has ready-made wedding cakes that you can buy for cheap in his store. And he was willing to sell the couple one of these cakes. He just wasn't going to further customize it. And that wasn't good enough for them. There was a bakery right across the street that they could have gone to that also is known for elaborate wedding cakes. But they didn't. They went to him. Why? There is a lot of evidence in the record that Jack Phillips was targeted by gay rights groups, that he was targeted and they wanted this case. And here's the irony is that the people who took Jack Phillips to the Supreme Court to defend him did not want his case to go to court. They wanted Arlene Stutzman in Oregon, the florist who had been targeted. They wanted her case to go to the Supreme Court. But because of Anthony Kennedy's death, or Antonin Scalia's death, or hers didn't go. Uh, his went, and his was the case, and they all thought they were going to lose. And instead, they wound up winning today, a big victory in the Supreme Court, 7-2. to two. Let me take a quick time out for a word for a very awesome sponsor whose glass I might have sitting next to me as I record this, uh, and that would be Man Crate. So you'll listen, whether you're getting gifts for yourself, you got to like do a list for your family to give you something or you're buying for your dad or someone else. Uh, the fact is that gift giving for guys, particularly guys who can buy stuff for themselves, is difficult, uh, which is why I really like man crates. And for this Father's Day, you can get your dad or put it on the list for yourself, something for your dad. There is like a whiskey appreciation crate or a knife making crate. They actually come in wooden crates with a crowbar for you to open. I got one from Man Crates a while back, and it was a personalized bar set. Uh, it had pint glasses for beer with my name on them. It had uh, coasters with my name on it. It was really cool. Really like Man Crates. Uh, have for a while. It is a great way 
to get a good gift for a guy, you can get special Father's Day discounts today at mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a limited time offer. It's only for Father's Day. So go today. That's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a good gift. You'll enjoy it for yourself and whoever you get it for, they're going to enjoy it too. Twenty-six after the hour. Eric Erickson here. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. To the phones we go. Jason and Norcross, you're next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I'll just I'll try to make it real quick and uh, hang up and listen to your answer. Um, after the Supreme Court decision today about the uh, cake, uh, what about the, I believe it was a floral arrangement in Oregon? Yes, uh, Baronel Stutzman. Does she can she somehow get a new shape, a new deal? Or, or no, I, no. Unfortunately for her, the Supreme Court declined to take her case. Um, and I wish that she could. I I wish that there was a way to get Baronel Sutzman. You know, it, honestly, the 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 people involved, the Alliance Defending Freedom folks in particular, they wanted Baronel Stutzman's case to go to the Supreme Court. The facts of that case are uh, very particular. Uh, and it is this. She had a gay customer base and two of her longtime gay customers struck up a relationship, decided to get married. They asked Baronel Stutzman to provide the flower arrangements for their wedding and she declined. Uh, neither of the men involved in that case uh, filed a complaint with the state against Baronel Stutzman. What happened is one of the men complained on his Facebook page. I, I shouldn't say complained, uh, vented his how upset he was uh, that this woman who was their friend declined to do this because she's a Christian. It was picked up by someone running for governor. The the I believe it was the attorney general at the time, or or might have been the state labor commissioner who was running for governor of Oregon and decided to make that his issue. And he prosecuted Baronel Stutzman, though there was no complaint, and though neither of the men wanted to be involved in the case. Uh, and she lost, and she stands actually to lose her, not just her family business, it was her Arlene's florist, her mother was Arlene, it was her mother's business, she stands to lose her home as well, um, and even actually her dog, they were threatening to to sell her dog uh, to pay a judgment to the state, and because Anthony Scalia died, they couldn't go to the Supreme Court. It is 38 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Yes, we have to get to the president's tweets and on his pardon power. But first, to the phones we go. Matt, and I didn't even know there was a Bethlehem, Georgia. Matt, where is Bethlehem, Georgia? Uh, Bear County, headed out like going toward Athens. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, well, thank you for calling from Bethlehem. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I like sweet little baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah, everybody comes there to mail their Christmas cards. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. So what do you think about the case? Well, this is this is kind of off-subject but on-subject, but ultimately about the whole cake deal, I, you know, I'm a Christian, and I, I think he should have made the cake. 
Okay. Uh, let me ask you a question. Should the state force him to bake the cake, even if he thinks it violates his religious beliefs? No, I, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't think that, that anybody should be forced to do anything, but ultimately I think he should have made the cake. And biblically I'll back that up by simply saying, you know, Jesus even said that, you know, the first and great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second one is just like that, is to love your neighbor as yourself. So my question is, if Jesus would have been a cake maker instead of a carpenter, would he have made the cake? See, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have. Um, and let me tell you my thinking on this. I, I think that we in this country secularly have a definition of love that actually isn't uh, a biblical definition of love. And what I mean by that is um, if you think that your neighbor, if you're to love your neighbor as yourself, is is hellbound, um, then love should require you to try to help your neighbor see the error of his ways and repent. Um, at the same time, you, there's a great doctrine of vocation that Catholics and Protestants share that nobody ever really talks about in the pulpit, but uh, Martin Luther articulated it best in that everything you do in your job, you're supposed to do to glorify God. And so just as you shouldn't be working in pornography, for example, in a doctrine of vocation because you can't glorify God in pornography, uh, there would be a lot of Christians who would say um, baking a cake to celebrate a marriage that opposes God's design would also not glorify God. Well, yeah, but we're also told to, you know, to go forth and carry the gospel to every living creature. And right. you're never going to be able to do that if the first thing that you do when you meet somebody is to offend them. You're well, to come to that person with love and yeah, win but... them over with the love of God. Nowadays, everybody's going to get offended. Uh, if you tell people there's only one path to salvation, they get offended. Trust me, we've gotten the complaints at the station when I say that. Um, and I, I see what you're saying, though, and, and there are a lot of people who make this case that it, it's it's not it is not loving and it is uh, not allowing people to embrace the gospel if you're going to put up a wall and say, no, I can't do this. Uh, I, my response would simply be that Christians in America today spend a lot of time saying, no, we can't do X, Y, and Z, because so much of secular culture is trying to force them. They, they didn't want to have this conversation. It was kind of forced on them. And so they're having to put boundaries around saying, no, actually a, a Christian can't do this or shouldn't. I won't say can't, but shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. Uh, whether it's an abortion case or, or transgenderism or, or gay marriage, the, the entire culture war uh, against the church these days, you've got people saying, you've got to bake the cake. You're, you're not loving, you're not showing yourself as being loving if you're not baking this cake. And I mean, Jack Phillips' response was, well, my first love is to God, and God says marriage is between a man and a woman, and so I don't want to use my talents to celebrate something that's an affront to that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I see what you're saying. It's just, you know, even in the business that I'm in, I, I, I go to, uh, I'm, a, I'm a service person, so I go to people's homes all the time. And, you know, I go to people that, you know, uh, that could be gay, could be lesbian, could be whatever the case is. But ultimately, I'm, I'm going to go to those people's houses. I'm going to provide my services and my goods to that person. I'm going to be just as kind to them and as sweet to them as I would be to anybody else. 
Um, you know, yeah, and I think uh, you should. By the way, in fact, I I would be totally had had Jack Phillips's position been I'm not going to serve gay customers. Uh, I I would be on the opposite side of him in this, saying you you can't do this. Uh, I think his case though was specifically argued that this was a religious ceremony. Uh, he he doesn't actually do weddings for non Christians in a lot of cases. Um, and so that that was his parameter that this was uh, that he's got gay customers and he was happy to provide a cake for this particular couple. He just wasn't willing to do the artistic decorating that they wanted because it was a wedding cake. So but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I do see what you're saying. Cool. Yeah, that's all I have. I yep. really appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Thanks very much. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would just you know, I would encourage people. To, to be sure to make the nuance, because the, the media spin on this is that what Christians want is to say no gays allowed, and that's not actually true. And in fact, there were a number of amicus briefs that you can go read from religious groups saying that uh, they would oppose anyone who wanted to argue no gays allowed, that you're uh, the church is the hospital of the sinner. So all sinners welcome, regardless of what your sin is but that they don't want to participate in celebrating something that they view as an affront to God's created plan, which is marriage between a man and a woman. So that there is a nuanced point that people in this day and age don't want to nuance. Uh, now, you know, by the way, um, my buddy Jim just texted me while I was in that conversation, turned around while Doug was checking traffic. He said, why can't Christians get into their head Jesus is God? He's the author of all scripture. He stated marriage was between a man and a woman. It's a fair point. Uh, let's not forget the Trinity. I mean, Jesus the man was actually God incarnate. Uh, and so he, in Genesis 1-1, sets marriages between a man and a woman. And, you know, Jesus does address marriage in the Bible and says it's between a man and a woman. I know we're not supposed to say stuff like that these days, but he actually does. So that's why I, I don't actually think Jesus would have baked the cake. Um, I, I think he would have loved the sinner but said, go and sin no more, as he did to the woman who was to be stoned. Um you know, you, you do have to have parameters of your faith um, because there are things precluded by Christianity. And I know we're not supposed to talk about that these days. And you've got a lot of um, churches out there who no longer have standards, uh, like the Episcopal Church, which is the most rapidly declining church in America. It's not it's it's really not even a Christian church anymore. Um, th- there are in Christianity standards. And it, listen, I'm not going to tell you you're, you're not a Christian because you want to bake a cake uh, for a gay wedding. I, I disagree with you on how you're viewing your faith, but I'm not going to say you're not a Christian. Um, if you love the Lord your God, uh, and you and I could disagree on these things, but I think you run into dangerous territory because where that ultimately leads, uh, which is to the Episcopal Church, uh, among other things, which ends up not being Christian anymore. Um, just be doctrine matters. Uh, I think doctrine absolutely matters. And Jack Phillips was someone who said, like Baronel Stutzman in Oregon, that I want and I have gay clients. I bake cakes for gay people. I bake birthday cakes for gay people. I, I bake graduation cakes for them. I even provide baked goods for ceremonies related to their wedding. I just don't bake the actual wedding cake. And that wasn't good enough for some people. You know, at some point, we're going to, in this country, have to adopt a rule that says, leave me the hell alone. That if you want a cake and this guy doesn't want to bake it for you, go somewhere else. 
And for those of you who say, wait, 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 this is civil rights. Uh, Would you tell the the black person to to go somewhere else if they couldn't drink from the water fountain? No, I actually think that is the, the one distinguishing issue in that I don't recall any other group having been enslaved in this country requiring a civil war to free them and amendments to the Constitution related to them. And, you know, when you're black, you don't need a bumper sticker on the back of your car to tell people that. It's pretty obvious. Speaking of Noonan, I will be speaking at the Noonan Church of Christ at 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. Um, So if you're in the Noonan area, come on by uh, the Noonan Church of Christ on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday evening at 7, right after the show. Um, You know, I think we can move on from the Masterpiece Cake case other than there is a point that needs to be made here in that this fight is just starting it's not ending. Uh, Justice Kennedy, probably because of the president's tweets today, is not going to retire. We'll get into that uh, when we come back. But uh, there is clearly an ideological battle shaping up between Elena Kagan on one side and Justice Gorsuch on the other side. Uh, Justice Gorsuch uh, wrote a ringing defense of the First Amendment and religious liberty in his concurrence today. Uh, so did Justice Thomas. Uh, Elena Kagan called out Justice Gorsuch in her concurrence. Uh, Elena Kagan's concurrence was centered around the fact that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission was obviously hostile to religion. And her point was that what the Colorado Civil Rights Commission did was perfectly constitutional, except they dared to say why they were doing it. Uh, which is a, a clear progressive position that you can be bigoted against people of faith so long as you're not open about it. And, and her entire concurrence was to rebuke the Colorado Civil Rights Commission for being open about it, essentially laying, uh, writing out a, a how-to guide to leftists who want to persecute Christians in America, uh, saying you can do it, just don't admit that you're doing it. Uh, which is super problematic. Uh, Justice Gorsuch uh, made a very ideological case that the First Amendment puts the freedom to exercise religion at the very top of the list, and the courts have done a terrible job of allowing that, and we need to do better. Justice Thomas saying largely the same thing. This is a fight still to be had. It's going to be very interesting to see if Justice Kennedy does actually retire. And I'm thinking that less and less is that likely, Last year, you will recall, uh, a lot of people thought he was, and a number of people came forward and said he got a little skittish because of the president's behavior and decided not to retire. And I think given the president's tweets today, that may give him more ample reason to say, hold on a a second, folks, we're not going to do it. Um, We will see if he actually does. Now, we do need to talk about the pardon stuff when we come back. Uh, I actually don't believe the president has the power to pardon himself. Um, and he, there, there's a there's a long history within the executive branch of our government saying that. Uh, if you listen to Jonathan Turley and others today, they're saying, eh, it's no big deal. The president can pardon himself. He's the president. He has unlimited power. I don't actually think that's the case, but it doesn't matter what I say. Do you really think that five justices on the Supreme Court would agree with the president? 
Do you really think you can get Alito and Thomas and Roberts and Gorsuch to get Anthony Kennedy to agree? Because if anything else, the the issue between about Masterpiece today was that Anthony Kennedy doesn't like bullies and he perceives the president to be a bully. Uh, by the way, uh, the Masterpiece Cake Shop case all but assures us that the travel ban case is going to have a difficult time before the Supreme Court. Because Anthony Kennedy weighed heavily the statements of the people passing the the or punishing Jack Phillips for their antagonism, and he's going to use the president's tweets against him. He is laying the groundwork in the masterpiece case for the travel ban case to use the president's and others' tweets against them, uh, which is problematic if you ask me. But nonetheless, now the other thing that we need to talk about. When we come back beyond the president is the Bill Clinton meltdown this morning. Bill Clinton is getting such a pass today because between the Masterpiece Cake Shop case and the president's pardon tweets, uh, everybody's ignored Bill Clinton today. But he had an absolute meltdown over Monica Lewinsky. It's amazing. It took 20 years to ask Bill Clinton if he should apologize to Monica Lewinsky. Nine after the hour, I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. I, I have a big announcement uh, before I get into the pardon stuff. Uh, later this week, uh, we will announce a new show that I'm doing, uh, coming to a TV or computer screen near you. Uh, we have filmed a number of episodes. It is going to be for families, particularly parents of kids and how to get them through the culture war without losing them to the culture, uh, how to help your kids navigate online and social media, how to protect your kids online, uh, how to develop a work ethic in your kids, um, human trafficking issues, all of these things. Uh, we have filmed the first five episodes already. And we will be rolling them out later this week. If you would like more information and the ability to get a discount uh, on the package, text FAMILY to 345-345. Text the word FAMILY to 345-345. Now on to the President's pardons. Uh, first, relate this to Masterpiece Cake Shop. My brain is screaming at me. Uh, and that is last year, multiple people who are friends with Anthony Kennedy, uh, mutual friends who I have known for a long time, in separate conversations told me they were convinced Anthony Kennedy was going to retire. And in fact, Anthony Kennedy's friend, or children rather, related to friends of Anthony Kennedy's, that they were very ready for their dad to retire. But in June of last year, the president kind of went off the rails relating to the Russia investigation and whatnot. And these people tell me that their sense was that Kennedy got uh, a little bit concerned that maybe he should stick around, that he might be needed. You've got to remember that Anthony Kennedy, although he would never admit to it, he looks at himself in the mirror every day and refers to himself as the indispensable man. I mean, he really believes he's the indispensable person in America. And so he didn't retire. 
I'm wondering if the president's meltdown today might also keep him from retiring. Now, the reason I say this is because the president today on Twitter said he could pardon himself. And that is actually not necessarily true. Now, you you put five lawyers in a room, you're going to get five opinions on this. I will tell you one opinion that really matters, I think, precedent-wise, and that is the opinion of Richard Nixon and his Department of Justice, because Nixon considered pardoning himself, and Nixon's lawyers at the Department of Justice, his loyal lieutenants, no less, at the Department of Justice, authored a memo informing him that the president cannot pardon himself, because to do so would make the president above the law or make the president the law. And in this country, unlike European countries, the law is above man. Man is not above law. More particularly, in the language of Nixon's lawyer at the Department of Justice, uh, a president cannot apply a pardon to himself because there is a longstanding tradition in the United States of America that the chief executive executes the law, and that is an outward expression of the law, not an inwardly applicable expression. More particularly, uh, let me just read you the beginning of this memo from the president's lawyer dated August 5th, 1974 to Richard Nixon. Under the fundamental rule within American uh, constitutional democracy, no one may be a judge in his own case. The president cannot pardon himself. If under the 25th Amendment, the president declared that he was temporarily unable to perform the duties of the office, the vice president could become acting president, and such a pardon could happen, and then the president could either resign or resume the duties of his office. But as a general matter, the president of the United States cannot pardon himself because of the fundamental rule that no one may be a judge in his own case. There tends to be general legal consensus that a president cannot be prosecuted while president, because the president is the chief executive. And so you you can't prosecute the chief executive who is the ultimate arbiter of enforcing the law uh, because of his failure to enforce the law or to contradict the law. You can impeach him for that. But there also is actually a fairly general consensus that the president can't pardon himself in the same way he can't be prosecuted. Um, be, and again, it's all because of the outward flow of power. The president cannot be prosecuted because the president has the outward flow of power to prosecute. And so that power cannot then flow back to the president because it contravenes the flow of power. The power of the president is an external thing. It goes outward from the president, radiating in all directions. It does not radiate towards the president. So because the president is the chief executive, the chief executive is in charge of prosecuting crimes. That is an external flow of power released from the president in all directions. It can't then come back to the president. In the same way, the presidential power of pardon flows from the president externally in directions. It can't also revert back to the president. There's another legal problem to the idea of the president pardoning himself, and that is there is clear Supreme Court precedent in this country that a pardon is an acknowledgment of a crime having been committed. So the president says he's committed no crime, 
but then pardons himself, that then is a tacit acknowledgement that there was a crime because a pardon only applies to a crime. So if the president did nothing wrong, no pardon could affect him anyway. Even if he could pardon himself, there, there's no crime there, so there's no need for pardon. If you take a pardon, uh, you've acknowledged a crime. Well, you impeach a president for high crimes and misdemeanors. So if the president is pardoning himself, he's acknowledging he's committed a crime, at which case he then is subject to impeachment for high crimes and misdemeanors under the Constitution. So he essentially sets himself up for impeachment. And I have to tell you that as someone who has long studied the Constitution, did quite well in constitutional law and law school, um, and has read the document many times over, uh, the president should be impeached if he tries to pardon himself, because to do so, he is embracing the idea that he has committed a crime. He should not have done this. And I guess he got worked up by something he saw on Fox over the weekend, but it was a bad idea for him to do this. Uh, it was an additionally bad idea for him to do this because Bill Clinton had a meltdown on national television this morning, and it has been completely overshadowed by the president declaring he can pardon himself uh, and the Masterpiece Cake case. It has taken the media 20 years to ask Bill Clinton if he should have apologized to Monica Lewinsky. And he said 20 years to prepare for that question. And he flubbed it terribly today. And nobody wants to talk about it because they're all distracted by the president's tweets this morning. Well, you know what? I'm not only going to talk about it. I'm going to play you the audio of his meltdown when we come back. Let me take a quick time out for a word for a very awesome sponsor whose glass I might have sitting next to me as I record this, uh, and that would be Man Crate. So y'all listen, whether you're getting gifts for yourself, you got to like do a list for your family to give you something or you're buying for your dad or someone else. Uh, the fact is that gift giving for guys, particularly guys who can buy stuff for themselves, is difficult, uh, which is why I really like man crates. And f this Father's Day, you can get your dad or put it on the list for yourself, something for your dad. There is like a whiskey appreciation crate or a knife making crate. They actually come in wooden crates with a crowbar for you to open. I got one from Man Crates a while back, and it was a personalized bar set. Uh, it had pint glasses for beer with my name on them. It had uh, coasters with my name on it. It was really cool. Really like Man Crates. Uh, have for a while. It is a great way to get a good gift for a guy. You can get special Father's Day discounts today at mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a limited time offer. It's only for Father's Day. So go today. That's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a good gift. You'll enjoy it for yourself and whoever you get it for, they're going to enjoy it too. Hello there. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here, 25 after the hour. I, I got to play the Bill Clinton audio for you. I, I don't have time in this segment to get to it, so I will when we come back. I will tell you, though, that it was my birthday yesterday. Thank you all. For those of you who remembered, I went to New York to watch the Cubs beat the Mets. Yes, God's team beat the Mets in 
City Field, which is a very nice field. You know, I still have not been to the Brave Stadium. I am planning on going to the next couple of weeks. They got several home games coming up, and I got to go uh, because I've yet. This is the second season, and I haven't been to that stadium. And now my kid finally understands and likes baseball, so I need to take him to a baseball game. But now he wants me to take him to New York City as well. It was a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, I probably had too much fun, me and, and several other 40-something guys without our wives and kids in New York City. No, we didn't do anything bad. We just, like, ran up large bar tabs uh, as we hung out. We hadn't seen each other in forever, so it was a, a really good time. And I did go see Deadpool 2. I'm taking the kids to see Solo this week. But I saw Deadpool 2. It is, it is a funny movie, but I just it's not as funny as the first one in my mind. Um, largely because so much of what it does is a rehash. It was so new and had never been done before uh, as a, for a superhero movie or many other movies um, like that when Deadpool came out. And so this one, it's, it's gross. It's a lot of body humor. I laughed the whole way through it, but I thought the first one was better. Uh, I will say, though, that this theater that I went to, it was a regal cinema. I had never been in one of these before that has the big leather seats where you push the button and suddenly it becomes a, a electronic recliner. It, it electric. Have you ever been in a theater like this? You push the little button and it goes back. Then you push the other button, goes forward. It was fantastic. I mean, I, I could have fallen asleep in there except for the guy next to me who was overly loud and thought things were way too funny. Listen, when you've heard Ryan Reynolds make five jokes about Canada, you, they're not quite as funny on the sixth time, but... This guy thought they were—he must have been Canadian, so he had to laugh for the home team. Nonetheless, it was—it was—it was a good movie. Uh, it is not for kids. Do not take your kids to see this movie, though. Uh, when we come back, the Bill Clinton audio, his meltdown on live national television. Hello there. I feel like. The Dukes of Hazard should be coming on. <laughs> or the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> oh, the phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Them's the numbers. Bill Clinton, it has taken the media 20 years. You know, let me pause here first and say there were a lot of reporters, some of whom are good friends of mine, say, look, see, 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 see the media. They, they ask Bill Clinton the tough questions. You say they're, they're too easy on the Clintons. 20 years later, 20 years later, they finally ask him the question, and he wasn't happy about it. Looking back on what happened then, through the lens of Me Too now, do you, do you think differently or feel more responsibility? No, I felt terrible then. <laughs> terrible then? Why did you feel terrible? Because you wasted a cigar? And I came to grips with it. Did and you ever apologize no, to him? No, yes, and nobody believed. No, yes, no, yes. That I got out of that for free. I left the White House $16 million in debt. But you... Wait, wait, hang on a second. Did you ever apologize to her? No, yes, I left the White House in debt. <laughs> Apparently, he heard me too and thought he was, he was supposed to make it about himself. Typically have ignored gaping facts in describing this, and I bet you don't even know them. This was litigated 20 years ago. Two-thirds of the American people sided with me. They were not insensitive to that. 
I had a sexual harassment policy when I was governor in the 80s. Has, has he had a stroke? I, I, I don't, I, I, I mean, he's, he's kind of, he slurs his words. And I don't mean that it, like, like mocking here. I, I'm listening to this clip and I mean, he's, he's, uh, there's something wrong there. I had two women chiefs of staff when I was governor. Women were overrepresented in the attorney general's office in the 70s for their percentage in the bar. I've had nothing but women leaders in my office since I left. You are giving one side and omitting facts. Mr. President, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to present a side. I'm no, not, no, I'm, you asked me if I agreed. The answer is no, I don't. And I, well, I asked if you'd ever apologized, and you said you had. I have. You've apologized to me. I apologize to everybody in the world. Wait, 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 wait. This is like, it depends on the definition of is, is. But you didn't apologize to her. I have not talked to her. Do you I, feel I like you owe it, her an apology? No, I do. I, well, she was busy with the cigar. He couldn't really talk to her at the time. I, I do not. I've never talked to her. But I did say publicly on more than one occasion that I was sorry. That's very different. The apology was public. And you don't think a private apology is owed? I think this thing has been, it's 20 years ago. Come on. Let's talk about JFK. Let's talk about, you know, LB. That's a shift from someone other than Clinton. But yeah, it's just, just. First of all, there's, there's something. His, his talking's not right. There's something, there's something wrong there. You, you can hear that in the audio of what he said, but he makes it in this Me Too moment. It's taken 20 years for 20, the man's wife ran for president two years ago and he wasn't prepared for that question? You're kidding. And let's not forget, Monica Lewinsky was invited to an event last month and then got uninvited when President Clinton announced he was going to be there. Yeah, don't forget that. Wonder if she got a, apparently she did get some town and country event and they apologized to her. I, uh, yeah, okay. Y'all. First of all, I mean, let's just let's let, let's not forget the incident that happened. And, you know, it's, it was so interesting is this came on the same day as uh, President Trump uh, arguing about pardons and he can't be prosecuted, which was what the Democrats were arguing 20 years ago. At this very moment, 20 years ago, uh, in June of 1998, uh, the Democrats were arguing that a sitting president could not be indicted, nor could a sitting president be involved in a civil lawsuit, that if you wanted to sue the president, you would have to wait until he left office. That was actually the Democrats' argument in 1998, that if you filed a civil lawsuit against the president of the United States, you would have to wait until he left office in order to prosecute that civil case against him. Uh, because he was the president of the United States. And now the very Democrats who are arguing that are saying, prosecute Trump. Of course, it's worth pointing out that the very same Republicans who are saying, no, no, that's not true, are now saying, no, no, you can't prosecute Donald Trump. No, it's like I'm the only person in America who was back then saying, yes, you can, and is still saying, yes, you can. Uh, the consistency of people, it, it, the dangers of precedence as well. I wonder, you know, there are Democrats who look back now and say, uh, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Look at look at all the bad precedents we set for Trump. Uh, well, guess what? You did. Uh, in the same way, I, I think it is really dangerous for Republicans to be doing that. You've got to worry about precedents of power. 
whether you want to or not, you do have to worry about precedence of power and precedence of the presidents. Uh, they are things future presidents can't do and amplify. I mean, this is one of the things that, that Democrats are starting to privately, I don't think they're very public about it now in private conversations, they'll talk about it. Some of the things Barack Obama did when he was president, now Donald Trump is using to go in opposite directions. And they're like, eh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have done those things, but you did. But now Republicans are doing other things and the Democrats will one day take advantage of those. On this investigation um, against the president, necessitating, I guess, his tweets this morning, you know, imagine what his administration would look like if he had not fired James Comey. We would not be in the situation we're in right now with investigations and whatnot. We, we wouldn't be. I mean, the whole reason we have a special counsel is because he fired James Comey. Now, I actually agree with the president's lawyer that his uh, firing of Comey was not against the law. It was within the power of the president of the United States to fire James Comey. And you cannot charge the president with a crime for doing a legal act of the president. I, I actually do agree with that. Uh, I, I, I disagree with, for example, Andrew Sullivan, essentially, the, the, the liberal blogger, is taking the position that if you do a legal act um, that is designed to obstruct justice, uh, you can be charged with a crime for doing the legal act. I actually disagree with that. At a philosophical level, you can do a legal act. Um, the, the issue with Bill Clinton and with Richard Nixon was did they undertake illegal acts? Uh, Bill Clinton to, to uh, intimidate witnesses and to... Um, obstruct justice through lying. Uh, Richard Nixon through orchestrating a break-in of the Democratic National Committee. Um, yeah, it's very different from the president firing the FBI director because you don't like the FBI director. I mean, even going so far as to go to Nixon firing people at the Department of Justice, uh, and there was never any doubt that him firing those people were illegal, that he had the power to do that. The problem with so much of what you hear today is that hardly anybody wants to be consistent. I mean, I I, I, I credit myself, and, and I should because it sounds really pretentious to say I realize, but my gosh, I am so disappointed in, in people I know well who were arguing X when Bill Clinton was president, uh, arguing Y now that uh, Trump is president, or, or X when Obama was president, Y now that Trump is president. Uh, right and wrong should not depend on whether your guy is president. Right and wrong should depend on right and wrong. It shouldn't be determined based on the person. And with so many people, it is. Um, and a lot of it has to do with, with teamwork. Or you, you trust the person's motives. And I get that, that you trust the person's motives more. You, you trust President Trump to do X, Y, and Z or the team around him. Uh, and you don't trust President Obama. Therefore, the same thing you see is, is good or bad. But And, you know, you can look at things and say this good, that bad, depending on the president, because you impute motives to motivation based on their political positions. But right or wrong is should be consistent. Right or wrong is not the same as good or bad. Um, and there is a difference. And it's so frustrating to see so many people flip, which is one reason so many Americans are so deeply cynical about the processes in America today, the political processes. And I, I don't blame them for that cynicism uh, because it all depends on which team you're on. And some people look at this and say, I don't want to be on either one of these teams. I'm just an American. Leave me alone. 
That's part of my problem with the Masterpiece Cake case is that there should be a jurisprudence of leave me the hell alone in this country, and there's not, but there should be. Uh, there should be because people should be able to be left alone. And if you don't, if they don't want to do something for you, uh, go somewhere else. And before we get out of here, with my producers in the other room, I will point out that that there's an intern, but our show doesn't have an intern. He has failed me yet again in the intern. Pro- I met the intern earlier, but we don't have an intern. Just a complete dereliction of duty around here by my, uh, by my. I <laughs> started to say prosecutor. He's my persecutor, not my prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> 